Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 18th, Tax Day Part Due. Uh, <laughs> I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. I think it, it's Groundhog's Day. Yeah, that's true. They're getting all their... Uh, getting all their holidays confused this is one of those uh you had one job things yeah Uh, anyway um joking around about tax day obviously but um this james this has nothing to do with theater at all but i'm going to mention it anyway because you know point of personal privilege i write the script um yesterday uh some sad news to all of us that have been listening to not only podcasts but public radio for a long time uh, as it was announced that the amazing voice of NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and so much more. He worked on TV and in uh, in radio for decades, especially in Chicago. But Carl Castle passed away. Um, they, I've got some some great things in the show notes to kind of look back at his life. If you don't know them, he was the uh, judge, voice, and official scorekeeper for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me for many, many years. He turned over um, those those duties a few years ago and then Recently, as James noted and when we were talking about this earlier, they stopped using him as a prize for years. The prize for winning this ridiculous game show on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me was Carl Castle's voice on your home answering machine or voicemail. And as Linda Holmes, uh, an NPR um, writer, editor and host, she said there was something so funny and perfect and elegant about Wait, Wait being an NPR show where the prize was the gift of a voice. It just spoke perfectly to a show listener relationship that can be really hard to precisely explain. Um, love Carl Castle, still love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So this was a, a sad day for all of us public radio and podcast nerds out there, James. I couldn't agree more. That's uh, such a such an impressive, impressive career. If you do not know uh, anything about Carl Castle, Google him. He's just he, truly a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sticking with something else that is tinged with sadness, but in a lot of ways, joy and hope and excitement. Um, As you guys probably remember, I was not on yesterday's show because I was down in Sunrise, Florida at the BB&T Center for From Broadway with Love's concert, um, benefit concert for Parkland. Um, I went ahead and I didn't do a ton of videos because there was a lot of performances and I wanted to try to experience them you know, naturally, but for some of them that seemed like they were going to be really important and impactful, I, I did video some of them and I put them in my Instagram feed and on uh, on Twitter and in my Instagram story. So I've got a lot of them. There were some great ones. Um, the one, some of the ones I included, Jessica Vosk sang an Ingrid Michaelson song to a performance by um, a dance troupe who had one of their members, Jamie Gutenberg, uh, was one of the victims in the tragedy on February 14th. And I, I guarantee you, if you watch it, you will be in tears. It was so beautiful. Christy Altamere singing uh, Journey to the Past. Noah Galvin with a choir of students singing uh, You Will Be Found. That song Shine that was sung at the town hall a few weeks or months ago at this point now was the finale. There's some other things in this in my Instagram story if you want to check them out. But overall, uh, uh, James, a really fantastic um, emotional, but but ultimately uplifting evening. I also got to talk with a few Broadway stars. Some of the bigger ones got pulled to uh, CNN and some people with cameras. I'm just, just an audio guy, but I did get to talk to Donalyn Champlin, uh, Telly Leung, George Salazar, and both um, Van and Yael, who are the producers uh, from Broadway with Love. So those will be uh, those interviews will be coming to you in this podcast feed at some point in the next week or so. Okay, first up in the news, the Cher Show 
finds two more shares. Will you yeah. be sharing this story with us? Oh, well done, James. Well done. Yes. With the Chicago pre-Broadway engagement beginning in less than two months, yesterday producers announced the complete company of the share show. We already knew that the great Stephanie J. Block would be playing the legendary pop diva in her later star era, but we now know that joining her will be uh, Masella Diamond as the young baby share and former Alphabet Teal Wicks as the 70s share lady. Also in the company will be Jared Spector of of course he is because it's a bio musical. He will be playing Sonny Bono. He, of course, um, was a longtime Frankie Valley and Jersey Boys on Broadway, and he originated originated the role of Barry Mann and Beautiful on Broadway. Also in the company will be Michael Barris uh, as uh, Cher and the Cher Show's costume designer Bob Mackey. Michael Campano as Rob Camaletti, the Bagel Boy. I don't know what this means, but apparently he was one of Cher's boyfriends who brought her bagels. Um, Matthew Hisdick as as uh, Cher's ex-husband, Greg Almond, and Tony nominee, Emily Skinner, as Cher, Cher's mother, Georgia Holt. In the ensemble, a few familiar names, including Dee Rossioli, Angel Rita, Ryan Warsing, and more. Um, I wrote this script uh, saying that I would imagine since both uh, Rossioli uh, and Rita are former alphabas, much like Block and Wicks, um, that I wouldn't be surprised if they were understudies or slash onstage standbys for at least two of the shares. And then I was scrolling through Twitter as I was waiting for James uh, to to record. And uh, Stephanie J. Block confirmed that uh, D. Rossioli will be uh, her standby. So that's really exciting. Also, in an article from Rolling Stone, it was revealed that the musical will be set up as taking place during a live taping of Cher's variety show. Also, all three versions of the Cher's will be on stage at the same time, giving each other advice about life and love. According to book writer Rick Ellis, he said, quote, the challenge was how how do you not do another show that feels like a straight up linear musical biography? It's kind of a grand ex- experiment. She, Cher, she's associated with a variety format, and I was looking for license to make it a little trippier than that. Uh, it's Cher. It makes sense. Um, uh, all I've got to say, James, is if they don't include a scene where Cher sings the quintet from West Side Story uh-huh. just by herself <laughs> with no consonants involved. I will be disappointed with everybody who's associated with this show. Um, and believe it or not, given the trippy format, it's possible that something weird like that could happen because according to the article, quote, in keeping with the format, Cher's volatile marriage uh, to Greg Allman is depicted as a Wild West sketch on the variety show, complete with bits of Allman Brothers band music. Now, Ellis did say he tried to treat Greg Allman uh, fairly and respectfully uh, because he uh, passed away last year year. So he he didn't try to bring up a bunch of the issues in Almond's past, especially his substance abuse. So that was respectful of him. Um, the show will run from June 12th through July 15th at Chicago's Oriental Theater before coming to Broadway's Neil Simon Theater beginning on November 1st. Now, James, I've always enjoyed sharing music. For some reason, I've got a soft spot for those 60s story songs like Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves and Half Breed. Um, but I'm probably not who the show is targeting, someone who knows and loves everything about Cher's life. But this actually sounds really fun to me, uh, kind of like a Will Rogers Follies or maybe less successfully Catch Me If You Can format where it takes this biography and puts it in the frame of something that's fairly associated with the artist. Artist, I think it's uh, I, I think it's a really interesting concept and I'm excited to see how this plays out. Uh, Rick Elise, uh, he 
Uh, he was Jersey Boys as well, wasn't he? He was. He was the book writer for Jersey Boys, yeah, yes. So he's coming up with some good ideas here on how to present a bio-musical uh, again. And they, they had a little bit of a success there with the Jersey Brothers, huh? The Jersey Boys, yeah, Jersey Boys, they, uh, they, they figured that one out. That one worked fairly well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if he can recreate that magic. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's got a natural sequel built right into, this, uh, right into this, this show here. You know, Sonny Bono eventually went on to found U2. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and, and, and Live Aid. <laughs> and he's got a, a red iPod. He does, yeah. All right. For next up in the news, <laughs> reviews are rolling for Tina in London. Yeah, going from one powerful female pop icon to another. Last night, the new musical version of Tina Turner's Life opened at the West End's Aldwych Theater, directed by the great Phyllida Lloyd with a book by Katori Hall. Tony nominee Adrian Warren stars, and the show gets mostly good reviews, while Warren gets pretty much nothing but raves, even if people don't necessarily think she's exactly like Tina Turner, which it's a musical. It's not a, uh, an improv show. Or it's not a impression show. But anyway, Dominic Cavendish from the Telegraph says, quote, speaking of the show, it combines the aesthetic finesse of British director Phyllida Lloyd with the political instincts of Memphis born Olivier nominated playwright Katori Hall and boasts a tour de force performance by American actress Adrian Warren. Seldom off stage and required to execute multiple in the blink of an eye costume changes. Warren is entrusted with singing hit after hit. There are nearly 23 numbers in total. She has to honor those smoky vocals, summoning the kind of heft you'd swear could tip trucks but she can't allow any hint of karaoke tribute. The near impossible expectation is that she just doesn't play Turner, but somehow becomes her. Yet that precisely magically is what seems to happen. Stephen Dalton from The Hollywood Reporter apparently wants to cast Adrian in the next Motown revival, saying of her, quote, petite and slender, the 31-year-old Virginia uh, Virginia native lacks Turner's warrior queen physique and earthy sweat-soaked Thunderdome roar. Good reference there to Thunderdome. Uh, in fact, she could more easily pass for a young Diana Ross than Turner. And yet she still delivers an uncanny master cast class and minutely finessed mimicry, especially in the later musical numbers where she hones to perfection the singer's bison-legged stomp dance and unique sandpaper vibrato. For athletic stamina, at the very least, this is a star-making performance. I mean, with all due respect, Mr. Dalton, Adrian Warren is already a star, but... You know, don't blame her for you not knowing that. Um, anyway, finally, while still positive and praising Warren's ability to blow the roof off the venue, Time Out London's Andres Lukowski gives the show three out of five stars, saying, quote, Lloyd directs fluidly and at a pace, but there is also a weird feeling of it being clogged with ephemera. Do we need interludes about Tina's Buddhism, a load of stuff on her not very interesting new boyfriend? Uh, I can't help but wonder if one price of the real Turner's involvement in the show is incorporating elements of her life that feel more important to her than us. Now, James, I think with this super interesting creative team, uh, it sounds like they have a good basis for the show. And with some work, I would love to see Warren bring this to Broadway. I mean, a glut of bio musicals and lack of available theaters, notwithstanding. Yeah. Did anybody mention how the Mel Gibson character did? 
Man, you are really uh, socking it to them with these, uh, <laughs> these, these. Uh, 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 what's the 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 not even tangential? Um, I can't even think of the word. These random references. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get a little Mad Max reference there. So, uh, well done, well done. I appreciate that. Okay. Non sequiturs. That's what it was. Non sequiturs. There we go. Yes, I mean, there's more sense now. Yeah, they're semi sequiturs. Hmm. What do we have in the recommendation section? All right. First up, uh, last night or yesterday, uh, the New York Times did one of their behind the scenes, go in and check out somebody's house articles. Uh, They did this with uh, Broadway's Queen Elsa, Casey Levy, who describes herself as a uh, design nerd. So uh, very cool. We always like these just because they're neat to see how artists who we see performing on stage translate their art uh, to where they live. So I always like that. There's some cool stuff in there. So check that out. And then. I I don't know what to say about this, James, but um, we've talked about it before. But tonight, the CW will air its musical tribute to carry the musical. I don't I don't watch the show, um, but I watched these. They released two semi music videos. And I got to tell you, like, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, clearly all the voices are auto tuned. But I actually didn't hate it. Um, uh, Camilla Mendez, who plays Veronica, um, she sounds really good. Lily Reinhardt plays who plays Betty seems uh, seems really good. It's it's kind of interesting. The two people that I thought would have sounded best kind of didn't. Um, the character uh, Ashley Murray, who plays Josie of the Josie and the Pussycats fame, didn't sound so hot. And unfortunately, neither did Casey Cott who is a musical theater guy, Corey Cott's younger brother. Um, I was expecting a little more from them, but I actually, I think I'm going to watch because I think this is actually, it's, it was kind of impressive. I kind of liked it, but of course I'll reserve judgment until Robbie Rizal gives the official thumbs up or thumbs down from the Carrie fan community. The Robbie O'Meter. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the former, the former uh, webmaster of the official Carrie, the musical website. We should start a website called didrobbylikeit.com. In fact, I'll just buy that. Okay. <laughs> you just did. Sorry, Davenport. It's already been taken. Uh, Casey Levy, uh, you know, getting the New York Times uh, photographers in there and showing her design premise off. I'm wondering if we ever get big enough, if the Times will come in here and admire my stacks of playbills. Very good. I have mine in a uh, in a filing cabinet. Does that count? Mm, is it a uh, clear filing cabinet that you can see through? No, it's just a black filing it's cabinet. Black. Yeah. I did. I did find very. Um, I don't know if ironic is the word, but I think one of the last times we talked about one of these uh, New York Times at somebody's house articles. Do you remember who that was? I don't. I can see the. I can see the Harlem apartment in my head, but I can't. I can't remember who it was. Betsy Wolf. Oh, that's right. It was Betsy. That's Oops. right. Yeah, Jamie is over, and Jamie is done. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but seriously, if anybody knows what the hell I can do with all these playbills, please let me know. <laughs> I'll tell my, you, my... you can put them on eBay. Like people, I, or on the Broadway World message boards, people are always looking for playbills, and they're willing to. Pay a couple bucks for them. You could, I mean, you can make some money off of all those things. Dude, if any listener wants these playbills and, you know, even just wants to pay for some of the shipping, you know, I'll just, I will 
I will get rid of him. Just let us yeah. know. Uh, the boss, the boss wants him out of the house, huh? Boss wants him out of the house. There, it's like the trouble with Tribbles. I don't know if you get that Star Trek yes. reference. You That's know? a Star Trek reference. I don't, I don't watch Star Trek, but I know that episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, the playbills are are are, are everywhere, and uh, so sure. Yeah, and and it's like one of those things that I cannot throw them away. I just, I, it's just not possible. I cannot throw them away. Yeah, I, I just I it, there's something sacrilegious about throwing throwing away a playbill. So I have just thousands of them. <sighs> All right, enough therapy for me. <laughs> uh, Matt, what did we miss today? All righty. In other news, here are some headlines that we didn't get into the main part of the show, but wanted to make sure that you were aware of. Now, you know, James, I thought about making this a bigger segment, but I figured there will be plenty of time for us to discuss this if it in fact does actually happen. But yesterday, Variety reported that producers are looking to bring the national tour of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Love Never Dies into New York from a, for a limited what? Broadway engagement next wait, year. Wait, what? <laughs> you, you want to talk about that? No, no, I don't. I, no. No, that's what I thought. No, go to the next yeah. story. Okay, fine. Uh, on Tuesday, we also learned that Tony winner Katie Huffman will be taking over the role of matron Mama Morton in the Broadway production of Chicago, becoming or beginning this very Monday. Next, the cast of the off-Broadway return production of Desperate Measures was announced yesterday, with a few of the York Theatre Company production's original stars returning. The cast will feature Lauren Molina, Connor Ryan, Gary Marichek, Peter Sade, Nick Wyman, and Sarah Parnicki. Performances begin on May 30th. And finally, depending on when you're listening to this, this morning either coming up or earlier this morning, Tony winners Harriet Harris and Julie White and Tony nominee Christopher Sieber will announce the Drama League Award nominations. Yeah, I know it's been, you know, 11 or 10, 11 months since the, la the last award season, but if you remember, these are the awards that give out one acting honor, but nominate about 50 performers. And that's not an exaggeration. So when you see this list and you're like, what the hell is going on? This is what they do. They have one acting winner and they nominate everybody in the entire New York theater community. The live stream's not working. <laughs> if you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt and subscribe to Something A Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. I have lots of playbills. If you want them, let me know. <laughs> uh, thanks for starting off your Wednesday with us. Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Do you think I'll get nominated? <laughs> yeah, but uh, Nathan Lane will probably win. Actually, he probably already has one. He probably's already won, so he can't win again. He always beats me. <laughs> you guys were probably up for a lot of parts together. If if he hadn't been there, your career probably would have been much different. Mm -hmm.